0: welcome back for another episode here at Crest Talk. We're your hosts Jamie Kim, Chloe Lee, and Jamie Freitag. At Crest, we believe everyone deserves support. The Crest app provides personalized support that helps you stress less and accomplish more. So today we actually have a very interesting topic for you and that's imposter syndrome. So before we even start this discussion, um, what really is it?
1: Imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. Quote-unquote, imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence.
0: Right, so imposter syndrome is interesting because it's such a big thing that people who do suffer from it or experience it, don't realize that they're going through it.
1: Um,
0: I feel like it's a very, it's a syndrome that is really good at disguising itself. Mm. So that's one of the things we'll be talking about later on, how to identify it, if you have it, if you don't, or how to identify it in other people around you, because that is really the first step in trying to mitigate all of its negative effects on you. So um, have you guys ever, do you guys feel like you suffer from this or do you know anyone? Yeah, so
2: in one particular case, that, like a recent imposter syndrome that I've had is over the summer, um, I did a birth doula training. Um, oh, and, wow. Yeah, and it was like hospital-based volunteering kind of. So, um, you know, here I am. I've never experienced birth before, let alone helped in a birth. So basically, you go through, you know, many hours of training and they kind of just throw you in and, and, you know, now you're seeing your first birth ever and you're expected to help. And here I am, you know, with my badge and my (laughs) scrubs (laughs) and I'm like, you know, wow, I feel like I should not be here at all. And and, (laughs) you know, while you're going through it, you're not like, oh, I'm having imposter syndrome, but you definitely have a sense of, you know, Ah, like, oh, I shouldn't be here, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, despite the evidence that you've been through all the training that they, you know, the, the professionals think is, right. is required for you to go through, and, um, you know, only now sitting here am I thinking, wow, that was imposter syndrome, you know?
0: Yeah, and I've actually been through the same exact training, we were both <laughs> doulas, and I still even got that feeling after multiple births, after mother's telling me, like, thank you so much for being there, and after even nurses will actually even ask us to be in certain rooms, we'll be, like, paged over the intercom. They're asking us to help them to be of comfort to someone, and even after that, the next day I'll go back for another shift, and I'll be, like, nervous and scared and, like, think that I still have no Mm -hmm. right to be there when just the other day I was, like, thanked and I was asked for and I was called for. Mm -hmm. So it's just crazy how people... Well, specifically for this situation, there was an evident need for us to help the nurses, to help mothers, even their families, and yet we still felt yeah. like we had no right to be there. And and that was a good point. Like despite the nurses literally calling you into the room to help
2: their patient, you right. were still like oh, even on
0: the intercom, i annoying like, them <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. like I need a doula in room like 14, and yeah. we'd be like running over, and then right after that, I'd be like, okay, like that was mm-hmm. weird, but and then when. A new patient comes in I'll be nervous to ask if I can go into that room yeah but yeah I think that's really interesting so what does imposter syndrome feel like to you guys
1: well I feel like it's more than self-doubt it can be even self-deprecating because you're just kind of you're basically in your own head you mm-hmm. think everybody's thinking a certain way about you, but they're not. You think everyone else is better than you, but in fact, everybody is going through something very similar. And I don't know, I just think that overall it creates so much anxiety. It pushes yeah. you to be um, over, it overworks yourself and mm-hmm. it could even create low confidence because you think that you're not good enough or you're being annoying.
0: Right. Even with the facts that you have reached a certain goal, or you have been successful um, it's crazy because it's not just with people who have low self-esteem it's also with people who are very successful so it has nothing to do with confidence or anything it just has to do with how you perceive yourself against the world and you're constantly invalidating whatever it is that you're doing even if you can see it in real life happening and, and unraveling before your eyes I just feel like personally for me it's just something in your head that will constantly put yourself down and just take away everything that you've worked so hard for and somehow it just negates everything that you've done.
2: Right. Yeah. And there, you know, while I'm doing my research for this podcast, there's this quote that really resonated with me. It was like, you know, internalizing criticism and externalizing success. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me that means when someone's giving you constructive criticism in in a team setting, it could mean that like you are taking that criticism to heart and it's you that, you know, made the mistake or whatever. And externalizing success would be if someone, you know, gives you a compliment, you know, in the case of our doula, if the nurse says, wow, you did a great job, you know, you're thinking, well, I had a great patient, you know, like, right. to, like that it wasn't me, it, me to it do was that. something else. Right. So um, that definitely perpetualizes the idea of <laughs> I am inadequate in what I'm doing. I shouldn't be here. I'm a fraud. All right. those all those feelings.
0: Yeah. So how do you think? maybe from speaking from your own experience or people you know, like, how do you see how much that impacts your mental well-being? It has such a profound
2: effect on your mental well-being because every time you clock in to work or, you know, you are in school studying for tests or whatever it is, you have that internalized imposter syndrome that is just, you know, marinating in, in your subconscious. <laughs> yeah. and. For me, it's just so hard until you're actually talking about imposter syndrome to pinpoint how you're feeling,
0: Right.
2: you know, and because it's not obvious, I think that's why it's good that we're speaking about this topic right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And even you, Chloe, before you were saying how there's just this constant, almost like chronic anxiety mm-hmm. when you're living with something like this, because nothing is ever enough for you. Yeah. And there's no sense of success that will ever overcome how you're feeling so much lesser than everyone else.
2: Right. Because as you progress through your career, whether it be medicine or business or, you know, and literally anything else, you're you're going to, you know, get a promotion. But then people at your level are going to be smarter than you, be better than you, have more achievements than you, and then you get promoted to another level. And it's just there is a nonstop... um, cascade of people who are better than you doing all those things, and it's something that you need to learn how to deal with, how to cope with, right. and and how to fight, honestly.
1: Yeah, and that's so essential because, like you said, as we get older, as we start um, accepting these new career opportunities, we can't let imposter syndrome kind of rob that away from us because mm-hmm. the more we think that way the more we let it kind of like eat us yeah you right. know and we are, we're just trapped in this thought like oh this wasn't me this was because of my circumstance this was because of the people i met when you have to be able to conquer it and learn how to celebrate those yeah. successes because you know they're yours
2: right. yeah and i think imposter syndrome in particular can lead to you being scared to ask for help because here you are. You're like, oh, this is a dumb question. If I ask yeah. my preceptor or my boss, who whoever this question, that's just confirming that I am less than and I am inferior. Yeah. So that's also kind of dangerous in a way, you know. Yeah. It's dangerous to your learning. It's dangerous to your mental well-being as a, as a student or you know
0: professional. So. Yeah, and the more we talk about this, it just really reminds me of duck syndrome, and I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's a term coined by Stanford University, and it means when it's like the idea that all students around you appear to be calm, cool, and collected, everything's fine, Mm -hmm. but on the inside, they're completely stressing out, they're freaking out, and they call it duck syndrome because, you know, when a duck swims, you know, it's yeah. cute, it's floating in the water, it's getting where it needs to go. <laughs> yeah. um, but you don't see how much energy they're putting into their little yeah. feet waddling mm-hmm. underwater. So, yeah, have you guys, I mean, because this is specifically um, used to describe, you know, high school students and college students.
1: Yeah. So have you guys ever experienced something like this? Oh, definitely. I feel like ever since I was in high school and even now, I experience this every day, because when I'm in school, I'm studying with my friends, we're preparing for an exam, everyone just seems so calm, they, like and we're in, when we're in class, when we're learning, sometimes I have no idea what's going on, mm-hmm. and I want to ask all these questions, but they sound stupid in my head, yeah. but honestly, I'm sure my classmates have the same exact questions, oh, and I'm sure they want me to ask, yeah. but I'm holding myself back, which A, prevents me from learning, B, prevents my classmates from learning. So it's like everyone loses, (laughs) you know?
2: Yeah, and that type of thinking is so damaging because we've all been through the school system. Um, We all are, you know, working in different, a variety of jobs. And uh, just the the thought of looking stupid in front of others, despite them having the same exact question as you, is, is a real fear of a lot of people, so...
0: Right. And I think this relates also a lot to social media. I feel it's, it's like the same idea. Like yeah. it's so superficial. Mm-hmm. And most of the time what you see on social media for other people, they live beautiful lives. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. They have everything they could want, you know, all the clothes, mm-hmm. the money, the people, even partners that they love. Um and overall they just display their success. And it just relates to this too. I don't know too many influencers well I feel like these days it is becoming a little more common to be more real on social yeah. media which is something I really do appreciate but but again that's for the likes you know they're <laughs> they're true.
1: telling you your, their struggles through a lens to, to gain
0: right. likes yeah, from to people, be relatable you know? yeah
1: which I guess it's better but again social media is still a filtered version of your life right you yeah. can you get to pick and choose what you want to post you get to pick and choose a certain part of your vulnerability you get to post a certain part of your um quote-unquote weaknesses you kind of have like a
0: security blanket over whatever like yes you can expose yourself Mm -hmm. but not too but like to some extent and Mm -hmm. you have complete control which Mm -hmm. is why it's so superficial and so surface level that you can never really know what's going on and that's a very important lesson for a lot of people like yes you should never assume what's going on in someone else's life but it becomes even more damaging when you like self-reciprocate that to yourself because you think Yes, you can't assume, but then when you do, it becomes even so much more harmful to you when you use that to hurt yourself. You say that person has a great life, they're successful always, even in class. Like That person never raises their hand, they don't have any questions. Like I'm stupid for even wanting to ask this. It's all like a shell that we can't break past and we shouldn't, but it becomes self-harm and harmful to your well-being when you just shoot it back at yourself without anyone doing yeah. it to you, like, it's all just in your own head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that doesn't have to be as exact
2: as Jamie was saying. It could be s- to a level of, like, such an unconscious thing that you're doing right. that you, you don't even know you're doing it until, you know, you're sitting in your room one night scrolling through Instagram of people's vacation pictures, and you're mm-hmm. like, what am I doing with my
0: life, you know? Yeah. yeah. And speaking of... You know, looking at other people's lives and what they're doing. It's just so crazy how a lot of the reasons why and what imposter syndrome kind of stems from for a lot of us is the fear of judgment, um, being made fun of, or, you know, there's just a the feeling of embarrassment or inadequacy. And what's really crazy to me is that what we're scared of only lasts like a few seconds even yeah, or yeah. it might not even cross another person's mind like When we go back to the classroom example, which is like a classic I feel like uh, example to talk about Let's say you did ask something stupid. The other person might not even care enough Yeah to form an opinion about what you asked Like yeah. you just never know and even if they did it does not They move on from it. They can make a rude comment, but to you like you're the one holding on to it when everyone else on the outside has moved on with their lives and even forgot that you asked a certain question or made a certain comment.
2: Right, and I think, you know, the fact that they're having those thoughts like, oh, that was dumb, that was stupid, speaks more of their character than yours because you had the courage to do that. And, you know, on the flip side, I guess the best evidence for, you know, what Jamie just said was, think about your life. Do you remember, can you pinpoint right now a name and then the question that they (laughs) asked in the class? Can you do that? No. Right? Not. So I'm too busy thinking about my own so right. so that's the evidence that you can t- that you need
0: to truly believe that in your own life. No, yeah, and yeah. I know I've definitely had embarrassing moments in class before ever like in the history of being a student. And I can't even remember exactly yeah. when or what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I really can't. So I don't know why it's so yeah. it's just it just consumes you yeah. and really blinds you to reality.
2: And maybe shifting gears a little bit, um, I think definitely women experience this more than men and, you know, not discrediting men at all because they obviously definitely will feel some imposter syndrome in their careers, but just the fact that, you know, the female in society as much as we would like to believe is, is equivalent to men in the workforce, it's just, they're just not, unfortunately. Right. And, you know, now think about a field like engineering or, or other STEM fields that is predominantly male-dominated. How, how would a woman feel in that situation? Here we are speaking from a place of, of healthcare where there is a, you know, decent mix of, of men and women. Think about all the women in other STEM fields that here you are surrounded by men, that that amplifies the effects, you know,
0: to who knows how many times over, so Right, and it's actually shown in research too that women do feel imposter yeah, syndrome more really than men So that's really just a fact, really
1: as, just well. A fact yeah. as well Also, a lot of women feel this way because they think that people wouldn't take them seriously mm-hmm. In today's society, um, women have many rights, almost as much as men But at the end of the day, we're still not completely equal Right, like on an emotional level as well. That's just a sad truth. And a lot of women in their work field feel like clients or patients don't take them seriously. Like at the pharmacy that I work at, we have more male pharmacists than female pharmacists. And when the female pharmacists come out, a lot of the patients will be like, Oh, are you sure you're a pharmacist? Or can I please speak (laughs) to a male pharmacist because they just assume that they have more knowledge that they know more than females i don't know just because they're men yeah and i feel like even that in and of itself kind of unconsciously make women insecure and self-conscious and they kind of want to hold back because they're like oh these patients don't trust me am i not good enough i'll just not say anything because i don't want to offend anyone
2: right right you can't even imagine like how they feel and i think that's. A situation that happens more than we're like aware of
1: you yeah. know because right.
2: that's happening in your one specific pharmacy mm-hmm. let alone in a hospital system you, you can't even yeah. Imagine, yeah you know people going up to doctors with like esteemed degrees from you know really prestigious medical schools and they're like oh are you the medical
0: assistant or something yeah. you know so <laughs> you always hear stories like that yeah, yeah so it sucks because even in that situation at your pharmacy I'm sure she's experienced imposter syndrome amongst, like, male students, her peers. Mm -hmm. And now when she gets, when she is successful, has Mm -hmm. a secure job, now it's her clients,
1: who you would never think would actually,
0: you know, create that even more in yourself. So kind of switching gears a bit,
2: I thought it would be fun if we... All gave each other um, one of the five types of imposter syndrome. <laughs> so, I didn't even know there were five types. Mm-hmm. So for Jamie to start out with, I think Jamie is the expert. The expert yeah. represents a person with imposter syndrome that never feels good enough despite being extremely knowledgeable. So I feel like <laughs> Jamie knows so much. She studies her butt off, and worked so hard on every test. Yet, here she is, the night before a test, like, studying until, like, 2, 3 in the morning, like, <laughs> no. just to try to get those final points on the test and yep. still
1: getting, a, like, a great grade. So That's Jamie. Like, yeah. I remember even in high school when we were taking the SAT, I actually met Jamie through a prep school. Oh,
0: and she was, was the like, worst. the
1: smartest person in the whole class. I always sat next to her. <laughs> I tried to copy off her answers. <laughs> I always asked her for help. But even when we were taking the exam, she'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, like, I'm not good enough, I'm not gonna get this grade, and I'm like, Jamie, you are so smart, (laughs) you are so capable, you're going to get into every college, and she got into a great program.
2: Yeah.
1: No, but I do remember, like, I...
0: Yeah, I remember, like, even before every test, like, Jamie knows this, like, I would get such bad, like, my stomach would hurt so bad, I'd be, like, running in and out of the bathroom, (laughs) like, it was, like, a bio, it was, like, so much in my head that it affected, like, my body, Mm -hmm. and I felt, like, puking, and yeah, but I guess I am, I guess I fit in that category. mm -hmm.
2: And I feel like that's such a common type of imposter syndrome. Right,
0: because you can be so knowledgeable and Mm -hmm. study 10 more hours and have the same amount of knowledge, and you're just killing yourself. And, okay, so for you, Chloe, I think, oh, you're the one that's called Superwoman. And <laughs> the Superwoman represents a person with imposter syndrome that often struggles with work addiction. This person may feel inadequate relative to colleagues and continue to push themselves as hard as possible, regardless of the consequences on mental, physical, and emotional health. Um, yeah, I definitely see that in you because I see how hard you work for school And also, this is just an example, but I feel like the syndrome can even go outside of school or your workplace. It can even bleed into your personal life. Um, Two summers ago, Chloe actually picked up four jobs. And (laughs) (laughs) that's not really normal for at least my friend group. I, you know, two jobs, maybe three pushing it, but she was working four jobs and she never had time to relax for herself. Um... And I know she would be really sad that she couldn't hang out with us. We would invite her, but she was always working. There was not a moment where she was not working. And to the point where it also did, in the same way as me, affect her health. Uh, She even had to go to the doctor because of chronic migraines. And the doctor was like, this is just a pure sign of stress. So, like, super strong, honestly. I I don't think I could ever do that. But it just shows you that this mindset can really push you Mm -hmm. to your limits. It's crazy. So, like, how was that? Like, did you... Did you know that you were pushing yourself even though you saw like your body suffering and
1: you know people telling you like you need to eat? Like, how was that for you? Honestly speaking, that summer I didn't feel like I was pushing myself as much as I actually was. I just thought, you know, just living life, making money, and I always just felt like I wasn't doing enough for my family, like, I could always do more. Mm And I didn't realize how dangerous that mindset was. I didn't realize it was imposter syndrome until I got out of that, um, that season of my life and I look back at it and I'm like, that was so unhealthy for my emotional health, my mental health, even my physical health. Yeah. Um, luckily, I actually did have a group of, a community of friends and family members who are always very um, supportive and very um, loving for me and they always reminded me, "Hey Chloe, like this is not okay. I need you to I need you to stop this. Like, I need to drop yeah. <laughs> this." And that really helped me a lot because towards the end of the summer, um, I started to drop these jobs mm-hmm. and realize, "Oh, wow, I didn't realize how much I needed this until right. my community reminded me." Right. And I really needed that. Yeah, yeah so, sometimes you need someone from the outside. Yeah, cuz if you're you're stuck in there by yourself. I feel like imposter syndrome is like you're in your own bubble. Yeah. and it's impossible to see outside that's why that. it's so
0: harmful because yeah. if you can't see it in yourself, then how it mm-hmm. maybe not it's probably harder for other people on the outside to identify until mm-hmm. it becomes truly yeah. apparent but
2: yeah, yeah and thank you for sharing that because that's a part of imposter syndrome that you know can go overlooked and mm-hmm. working yourself to the point where you're like, you know what else can I do? What else can I do That is super unhealthy and yeah. Yeah, and it took so much it took your community, it sounds like multiple people to <laughs> to tell you that that's multiple. unhealthy mm-hmm. and that's and that's, you know, not something that you should be doing. And yeah. it probably felt so good once you had, you know, a moment of free time mm-hmm. to reflect back on, you know, wow, what did I just do to myself yeah. this entire summer? And you know, it was probably nice having that extra money, but at the same time, your mental well-being yeah. should be, you know, first and foremost in your yeah. life.
0: Right. And last but not least, Jane no. <laughs> Okay, so the five types that we're looking at here is the perfectionist, the superman slash superwoman, the natural genius, the soloist, and the expert. Um, <laughs> honestly, Jane, oh no. this is not about your character at all. I <laughs> except for the doula thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, think yeah. what do you think so <laughs>
2: as a student and I can't speak on my you know future career <laughs> I feel definitely in tune with my myself and my thoughts on imposter syndrome that's good Beca- though. well yeah. because you know when I'm in class and I don't understand something I make that vocal she to, she, she does everyone like At the expense of everyone else in my class <laughs> I will raise my hand and ask that dumb question, and the teacher will be like, you're wrong. And, and she'll I, be like, all right, and then <laughs> and do <move> it again. <laughs> on. And while that's great, you know, now as I'm a student, hopefully that transfers into my actual career, not saying that it will or it won't.
0: Right. But then I feel like you then you did see, like, a glimpse of it when you were doing, like, real, like, clinical oh, volunteering. Definitely. When you were doing oh, a Oh, that, like- that experience was... How was that? Because Humbling. I feel like in a classroom setting, you've never felt that. Whereas like for students, I feel like that's where they feel the most. Yeah. So how was that for you when, you know, it is true. Like I've taken many classes with you where like, you had no shame, which is so great. But that's so amazing. how was that? No, like that's so great. Like yeah. I wish I was like that. But so yeah. how was that when you realize like, oh, why am I feeling like this? When so, you're a doula? so
2: in the doula um, environment, <laughs> I think it was that I had a direct impact on the patient. Whereas in a classroom, I'm having a direct impact on what? The students around me. <laughs> so so that's what I was, that's my main attribution for why I felt the way I did in the hospital, in that setting. Um, unfortunately, that's the te- line of work that I'm going <laughs> to go into. So so it's, it's good that we're having this conversation now so I can, you know, really recognize when that's happening yeah. to me.
0: Right. Because I feel like if you never did the doula thing and – maybe your first interaction with patients was clinical rotations, Yeah. then you would really be confused. I feel worse, yeah. And whereas, you know, being a dual is volunteer work, it's a learning experience, but I think it's so interesting how once we actually start doing work that will actually, like yes, we're studying to be something, but when it doesn't directly correlate maybe to our clinical skills or like our tactical skills, it might be a little more relaxed, like for you, but then once you were in that setting where that's literally your line of work for the rest mm-hmm. of your life you kind of got that little glimpse of it but yeah yeah that's interesting
2: so do you guys want to speak on where you believe imposter syndrome stems from
0: yeah i think it's so circumstantial and it can be very unique to you there's not just yeah. you know certain like symptoms that can lead up to this um I do strongly believe, though, that maybe how you are raised or the values that your family upholds could really instill in you the same mindset. Uh, for example, I've had friends whose families were very extremely successful, so obviously they wouldn't want anything less from their children, and I've seen them suffer firsthand because they would compare themselves not even just to their peers, but to their parents, who they would they know they have to take care of um, once they get older, and everyone wants to make their parents proud. So I've definitely seen their parents put them down and even say, like, a 97 wasn't good enough. Like, where's the 100? Mm -hmm. And I know that's very (laughs) prevalent in especially Asian cultures. And it's true. Like, it's definitely a fact. Like, the stereotypes, you know, it's there for a reason. And I've seen it happen firsthand. And it's so much stress and pressure because not only is it from again, your peers, but your family, like they're related to you, they're, you know, your blood, and they're still saying that whatever you're achieving is not good enough. I feel like that can only be a catalyst to produce imposter syndrome within you.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with what you just said because um, before I came to America, my dad had to study in China for a little bit. So we traveled um, for a few years And I remember um, when I was younger, we lived in uh, one part of China that was kind of dangerous. Mm -hmm. And everywhere we went, we had to ask our parents for permission. We couldn't touch anything. We couldn't even look at certain things. And I just always felt like I had to um, get permission. I had to kind of draw back. Mm -hmm. I had to be very submissive almost Mm -hmm. because if I didn't, it kind of, um, put me in a dangerous place. And my parents didn't do this to, you know, make me more like to be more, um,
0: disciplined, disciplined.
1: right. It wasn't that it was because they were so concerned for my safety and I completely understand. So when I came here, it was difficult to adjust because the culture here with children is that, um, parents encourage them to do more, to take risks while in like, I guess, Asian cultures, they're more like, no, stay back, be more conservative, be respectful, um, be calm, yeah, and so definitely, I think that played a part in my imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, and that's crazy, because, like, my example was kind of more, like, I guess, you know, the Mm -hmm. negative side, where they're just putting so much pressure and stress, Mm -hmm. but from you, it just really stemmed from love, and just wanted them looking out for your safety, yet, Mm -hmm. because you were so young, you you were so wary, and you Mm -hmm. We uh, were scared to step out and be adventurous in a way, and how that translates now to your adult life as yeah. a student. And yeah, like I think that that was something really unexpected at first, but it just happened to be that way. Yeah, and so it's,
2: you know, all good that as an adult you realize what your parents were trying to do, but definitely as a kid, those were your formative years. And so, you know, that probably played into how you're feeling today and you know your doubts about yourself today yeah and so how do you guys think that we can fight imposter syndrome like what are some
0: tips and tricks to (laughs) to help us with this so I definitely know that it may not be possible to completely extinguish this from someone's mind I mean it is part of where their drive comes from but there are ways to uh, manage it I think better than most I think the first step really is just becoming aware, because if you don't know that you're dealing with it or even have it, you'll never reach a point of having to face it. So um, like going back to Chloe's example for working, she said she had no idea when to other people it was so obvious. And so I had to be one of the people to point that out to her. So you know, self-awareness is extremely important, but it's not always possible and that's okay. So I feel like that's also why it's so important to have people around you to contribute to that.
2: And definitely to stop invalidating your successes. And, you know, you might feel like you're bragging or you're being self-absorbed, but in the end, as, as a blossoming professional in, in whatever field you're going into, definitely, you know, taking your successes, well, be it big or small, into consideration into your everyday life and, like, you know, really reminding yourself that, okay, I, not we, I did this. Right. I deserve the credit for X, Y, Z, and Absolutely.
1: yeah. You definitely have to know your worth because if you don't respect yourself, honestly, nobody else will. And the way that you treat yourself, the way you love yourself, is the love that you're going to receive from other people. And that's so important to keep in mind. And just, you know, if somebody compliments you, receive it and be encouraged by it and know that you're a hard worker, you are smart and very capable. And this is a whole journey on its own. It's a healing process, it's a learning process, and it's very necessary for everyone to grow as an individual and as a professional.
2: Yeah, and Chloe, I really like what you said about getting that love from other people. And I think that's especially important in your own community. Um, So next week on Crest Talk, we will be talking about the importance of community on your mental well-being. And how that can affect your life. So catch you guys next time on Crest Talk.